Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another 11 p.m. nightcap. Um, <laughs> Bill says, why? So I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but hello to Alchemical Dreams, who got here early. Bill Flint, who has a slow day of cigars, bullshit, coding, and gaming. Cap Minecrafter, who stops by and says, who am I? I don't know. I forgot. It's been like two weeks since I've been here. I know, and we all missed you. A lot. Pit Viper crew, though, represent, right? I had to wear them for that challenge. And before I explain why and on the salt beer, and if you guys want to see that again, I can certainly uh, replay it. Actually, I'll probably replay it for the, some of the people that might have missed it. But remember yesterday, uh, when I was showing you the bottle of the, the whiskey, so you can see some stuff appears on the bottle that says winter is here on the side when it's cold. His face gets a little bit more demonic and that turns into a little bit of a sword. Uh, his eyes get more of a glow. Uh, his face changes a little bit. He gets some stuff on the side of his head. So, I mean, it's kind of cool. Again, I feel like they did a neat job with this. Uh, you know, his shirt turns a little bit more into an armor and that sort of thing. So it's kind of neat. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. So, we're going to go ahead and pour that. That is now ice cold. Wow, that bottle's freezing my hand. Woo! Boy, oh boy. That is a frosty... That is a frosty... Frosty missus. Whew! Alright, so... Um, the beer challenge with the salt. Why? The reason why is this. Uh, in this case... They were celebrating Charles, this would have been Charles Bronson's 100th birthday. And Flixology and a lot of the other movie folks online are huge fans of Bronson. I'm a huge fan of Charles Bronson. And so they were doing a tweet along for Death Wish 3. And along with that, they were all doing a salt beer challenge because Flixology tried to do that some while back. Because in the movie uh, Mr. Majestic... There is a sequence where they go to a bar and Charles Bronson orders a beer. And as he's talking, he puts some salt in his beer. So Flixology famously tries to do this. And he throws in way too much salt and it foams over all over the place. It makes the biggest mess. And he like shakes his head as he's got foam all over the place. So for the folks that were tweeting along about this Bronson 100th birthday celebration... A lot of the people were doing this salt the beer challenge as a little bit of a throwback. Now, why do that in the first place? Well, especially earlier beers, local beers, especially if it was either a light Pilsner or lager or something like that, adding a slight pinch of salt, actually, like salting anything, makes the flavor pop a little bit. So, Bill, I know you don't like beer, but if you're looking to get more of that beer taste and have that spike a little bit, adding a pinch of salt actually is nice. Famously, I think the beer Altus, A-L-T-E-S, which was, I think, my uh, grandpa's, one of his favorite beers, it's definitely on the salty side. And I don't know if they added salt to it, but it's definitely a salty beer. And that was just sort of a thing. Uh, a lot of folks used to just add a tiny pinch of salt to some of it. And especially if you're going to drink a light beer. Look, I'm not going to throw any shade on you if you only like light beer. That's fine. 
But if you ever want to kick the flavor up a little bit, add a teeny tiny pinch of salt. You might be surprised. But I'm talking a little bit. And I showed you in there. A little bit. Hey, the Multiverse Show is now following. Thank you so much for following and stopping in. The Multiverse Show, if I recall, is hosted by Ivan and a lot of other great gaming folks that you can check out on Twitter as well as their uh, own stream, channel, brand. Talk about a lot of gaming stuff. If you're ever looking for gaming news, discussions, debates, all that sort of thing, make sure you check them out. Um, I don't know if they... Let's see. Do they have a... Uh, I spelled this right. Uh, let's see. Want to stream and stuff on here? Let's give them a shout out, either way. Yes, Halo 5 Guardians. They were playing some Halo 5 Guardians. And the main topic of tonight's show is going to be a discussion that Ivan sort of sparked, touched off. Uh, first time viewer says, hey, Multiverse Show is here. Thank you so much for the follow and thank you so much for stopping in and participating in the Cigar Goyle Lounge. As it were, the conversation that got kicked off, started off, spawned on Twitter, uh, that moved into a Twitter space, uh, actually had an issue to it that I have with a lot of spaces and things like that, and something that I will not allow on this show, which is that once the discussion started, it took all of about 60 seconds for that to sort of degenerate into yelling, shouting, accusations, and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. You know, I would have preferred to listen to a little bit more of a straight explanation on some things, but as it often turns out, it it's all about call-outs, clapbacks, and screaming. You know, I just didn't want any part of that. So granted, I only noped out after about, I don't know, five minutes or so, but I'm like, okay, this is just going off the rails a little bit for me. Now, what were they talking about? Oh, Chemical Dream says, wait, what? Well, I didn't tell you what it's about yet. It was just that a conversation started on Twitter. And Twitter has a thing called spaces now. And what Twitter spaces are is they're basically like little audio chat rooms. So you can start talking and then you can invite other people to be speakers or listeners. And it's sort of like a multi-chat platform. I think they took a lot of the underpinnings from Periscope, which is why they discontinued Periscope because they wanted to promote these Twitter spaces instead. And in some cases they work, but a lot of folks just want the big throwdown, whatever thing. I'm not, I'm not big on that. Like, uh, multiverse show says, yeah, my space got screwy quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see it coming a mile away. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I occasionally duck into those because I don't really listen to the radio. I don't really listen to nine hours of podcasts. I often like to duck into some of those though, because occasionally you get very good conversations, but like a lot of stuff, it comes down to moderation. And if you allow everybody to talk, then nobody gets to talk because you usually end up with one person who starts yelling and filibustering, going crazy, and then that's where that sort of stays, right? But that's what that is. And Black Cat says, I'm keeping my distance from that. You probably should. However, there are some... I've, I've been a part of some very fun ones. Shahorror has done some very nice ones. Um, High Synth Girl's done some very nice ones. 
you know, where it was, it was just nice, pleasant conversation. Cat Minecrafter asks, how has everyone been? I've missed you. We missed you too. How have we been? It's cold and crappy. You were in Hawaii. So how is it for you? <laughs> you're, you're back here now. I bet you were probably wishing you were still on the beach drinking beach drinks. But here's a cheers to all of you. Okay, and then let's get into what the topic was that Ivan brought up and discussed. And I'll sort of give you maybe my two cents on some of it. And I'm very curious to what a lot of the rest of you think on this particular point. Black Cat, it's actual voices. There can be chat messages typed into the room, but primarily that is mostly talking. So it's a way for basically people to have a multi-audio chat room. You can be in the space and not talk. You can just listen to the conversation. You don't have to actually be a part of it and be talking. You can just leave it on sort of like a radio show. Like this show, if I wasn't doing it here on Twitch, I would actually just make it a Twitter space and it would just be me talking. You wouldn't see me, but you would just hear it, right? Uh, Multiverse Show says that that was the second space that he hosted and he's enjoying a rum and coke themselves at the moment. So, hey, here's a cheers to you. See, and that does change the flavor context of this whiskey, uh, the scotch a little bit. I actually think it's better room temperature, but that's just me. But it's still good cold. And again, this is the White Walker special edition uh, of the scotch. You can see, again, some of the stuff that pops out of the side. It gets sort of a different look, and it gets some writing on the side that pops out that looks kind of cool. Cat uh, Minecrafter had a lot of fun, and it was a 12 out of 10 great time. A chemical says, well, considering how things are being talked about, alcohol sounds like it's necessary to cope with how things got. Yeah, kind of. But, like, there's a lot of people who like these throwdown, smashdown, whatever shows. But, look, that's besides the point. Because we're now here in the lounge. And we chill out a little bit on here. And so here's the thing. The gist that Ivan brought up. And I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. Because I don't want to put words in his mouth. And I'm not speaking for him. But the discussion that largely got brought up was a little bit of the anonymity issue, and specifically, in this case, gaming, e.g. gamer tags. Now, why? Why did that get brought up, and what is the point of being anonymous or not being anonymous? And I believe that the point that he was trying to make is this. You have a lot of people, especially on Twitter, I mean, I imagine you get it on all sorts of social media platforms, but it's especially virulent on Twitter. The console wars. Oh, Sony sucks. Microsoft sucks. Nintendo sucks. PCs for life. PCs are expensive and shit. Steam sucks. You suck. EA sucks. Fucking motherfucker. Blah, blah, blah. But it goes just beyond that. What it will then get into are reviews of things. Oh, this game sucks and it's terrible and the and the gameplay is crap and it's nothing good and, and this game's going to be way better. And then you go, well, wait a minute. You have a large audience and you're talking about this like it's a review, but did you actually play it? And then what happens is people go, well, how do I really know you played it? 
if you say you completed the game and it was too easy and short and the story was shit, well then where's your achievement list? Because if you finished it, there should be a trophy or an achievement for you finishing the game. I'd like to know that you weren't just talking out of your ass because you hate Sony or you hate Microsoft, right? If you're talking about, oh, this game needed a harder difficulty level, and then, then you look and you go, well, but you played it on easy mode. You get the achievement for completing on easy mode. You didn't play it on one of the harder difficulty levels. Why would you say that? Oh, that's because Microsoft does makes kitty games. <laughs> or even more so, you'll get into the things like, this is a misogynistic hate story that does nothing but propagate the evil male poison that's transphobic. Then you go, well, did you actually play the game? Because that was yeah, I did play it. You're like, I don't know. From the comments you're saying, sounds like maybe you didn't actually play it. Bill said a thing in the chat room that I'm not going to say out loud. But he is correct. There have been people who are cult of personalities who talk about these games and talk about issues and aspects of them that they deem problematic. But the context that which they frame them in very much seems to be gathered from a superficial scraping of the surface. I'll use Hitman for an example. Oh, this is a misogynistic game that hates women because there's a sequence where you can kill strippers and stuff them in a dumpster. Yes, but do you realize how many men you kill in that game? Do you realize how many men Agent 47 has killed in his esteemed career? You cherry-picked this one example and the narrative of that level that isn't anything that is required. Much like Grand Theft Auto, that comes down to if you, the player, choose with your agency as a player to do that, that's on you. That's not a required mission objective where it pops up and says, kill all the stupid sluts on the map. It doesn't come up and say, find anyone that looks like they might be LGBTQ and kill them. It doesn't say anything like that. But people will posit like that is the message, or they will posit it like that's the main goal, or oh, it's and then you go, yeah, but did you actually play the rest of it? That wasn't what the, and so how do you know? Are you supposed to take people's word for that now? Now I would imagine if you're somebody, for example, I quote unquote trust Ivan, Mike P. Uh, the Truth is another person that I sort of trust. A lot of the folks on the multiverse show seem to be relatively even keel. I trust Death. I don't always agree with his statements, but he doesn't talk out of his ass. At least the stuff that he talks about, he has experience with and or has played. But there's a wide variety of personalities out there that often seem like they either sling mud, review, or give what are supposed to be Factual presented opinions based on things that they didn't actually play through, didn't actually do. And in that regard, I actually kind of agree with Ivan. Now, I'm not saying maybe you have to have your gamer tag, but 
I had an idea or a thought about that, and I wanted to express it before that chat room turned into a shouting match. Because what it turned into was one individual talking about how, well, I think that it would be good, you know, if you're going to share your gamer tag. If you have these achievements and these trophies, why would you want to hide them? Are you ashamed at the games you played? And what I wanted to interject is say, well, maybe. Because let's just say that you were a long time, and I don't mean to pick console sides, so I'll, I'll use old antiquated hardware so that people don't think I'm picking sides. Maybe you were a huge VIC-20 guy, and you're like, oh my god, the VIC-20 is the best fucking thing ever. All the rest of these systems, they can't handle the graphics, and they suck, and there's no games to play, and they blah blah blah, what a piece of shit system. And then you go, wait a minute though. I looked at your, I looked at your gaming profile on the, the Fairchild leaderboards. And you primarily have spent all of your time playing this game on the Fairchild system. So how can you say that it sucks and it's that terrible if you're clearly spending all this time playing it? Isn't that a little disingenuous? Are you saying this just because you want to stir up controversy because the rest of your content maybe isn't so great and the only way you get attention is through more or less clickbait? And in that regard, I kind of agree. People might, in a certain sense, be maybe not necessarily ashamed, but that's like showing your hand when you're trying to bluff, right? Halo sucks. It's the worst game ever. Who wants to play that piece of shit? And then you go, dude, I looked at your achievements list. You have like every achievement. One of the achievements is like play 5,000. Like, is it really that bad if you spent all that time playing it? I like torture. I like playing shitty games. And then you're like, okay, I can. <laughs> You've gone off the reservation now, so I... <laughs> and so Multiverse, I, I hope you're still listening to this. Does, does that seem at least a little bit kind of on the mark at the original... This was why it was brought up as a discussion? That's, that's the way I read it. It wasn't read... To me, I didn't read it as a... You owe someone your identity because they need to know who you are. And you're I'm like, well, no, it's not... Like, I don't know, like, doxing information. I don't think that's was the case at all. Because we've been down that road on multiple platforms, and that usually doesn't turn out so well. So. I will continue in a moment, because I have more to say on that. Uh, Alchemical says, people often just fucking want to wash rag on everything anymore. Thousand percent. You're a thousand percent true. And I think that's the point. That's part of the issue, right? You're going to wash rag on some of the shit, and then you go, but you didn't actually play it. You're talking about how it's so terrible, but you didn't actually play it. Now, you could say, for example, I don't like the game Horizon Zero Dawn. I have never played it. I watched people play it. I don't like the characters. I didn't find it visually appealing. I didn't necessarily think it looked entertaining. And so I've decided I don't want to play it, and it's not for me, and I have zero interest in it. I can't review it as a game, though. I can't say that game is objectively terrible and boring, whatever, because I didn't actually play it. But see, the thing is, the people won't elucidate that point 
they'll make statements like this that make it sound like they actually played it and they were hardcore and they were deep into it and they reviewed it and then, oh, it's terrible. Okay, well, where's your achievements then? Knuckle up, buttercup. Where's your, where's your shit? Did you actually play it? Or are you just saying you don't like it because that game won a lot of awards and if you give it any acclaim, that's you giving an acclaim to a system or platform that you don't like. I bet you it's that one. Multiverse Show says, You have accurately summarized my position, plus the idea of the new breed of people coming up. What I realized during the space was a bunch of the new spacers guys, who are largely new Xbox dudes, and they are used to being the unnamed or comment section guys and aren't used to accountability. Reddit, 4chan, chat rooms, I mean... IRC, all that stuff where, yeah, people spin up anonymous accounts all the time. I just had a discussion with someone the other day who felt like they were having multiple people reply to them, but they swore that through the writing it was all the same person. And I said, if you feel like that's an inclination, it's probably because it is. There are a lot of people who have truly nothing better to do, and they spin up multiple accounts so that they can reaffirm their own position. Some very high-profile people have even gotten caught doing that. There's one person that I actually respected their opinions on a lot of things, and I was very dismayed when they got caught doing that on, I think it was 4chan. And I'm like, uh, Don't make accounts to agree with yourself. That, no. Don't do that. You, Maybe when you're 16 years old, but not as an adult. Not as somebody with a paid platform. And by paid platform, I mean they are a paid reviewer on multiple sites, taken income as a game reviewer with Patreons and all the rest of this stuff. That left such a bad taste in my mouth, I have never gone back to their content channel since. Uh, people seem to be wired for extreme negativity. I mean, look at Cyberpunk 2077. Was it buggier than batshit? Yes. Was the story of the game still fucking great? Yes. Bill is actually playing that game in another window right now. <clears throat> but see, even then, okay, it, w it was buggy on certain platforms, and it had issues, and it had whatever. But look, you can review aspects of a thing as well. You could say... The graphics were great, a lot of pres but this game was very buggy. I'm giving it a bad rating because in terms of stability, my frustration in having to fight through these bugs left me with a more irritated sense than I was able to enjoy it. And then you should present what platform you played it on, version, etc., etc. Okay, because here is another thing that used to happen. How often do you think people used to come in they would review a game. They would talk about how it was buggy, or that the graphics were shit, or this or that or the other. And then what you found out is that they played a cracked version of the game. For some of you who are in the chat room, who've been around computers and games and stuff, whatever, for a long time, I'll let you possibly type into the chat on why that is a, then you have no business reviewing this. Especially not on those aspects. 
Multiverse. Comments. The issue I have with spaces, they are not recorded, and these people aren't used to having people check them. I sense a little tension between the old guard people and the new breed because no one knows who these new guys are and just want their credentials or why we should care about their opinion. Are they industry people? Do they have a wealth of knowledge? Are they an experienced gamer? We just don't know. That's the post-game analysis. Okay, and that's fair. And uh, oh, let's we, we talk about that a little bit too, right? Um, and I agree, because a lot of it is. I mean, and let's flip that on its head. Maybe a lot of these people have been around for a long time, and they're again people making sock puppet accounts to do this, to cause infighting and make people. You 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 get where I'm going with that, right? Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was buggy as all fucking PS4, but I still fought to play the damn game on my console. But I could appreciate someone who says, look, as somebody who professionally reviews games, this was so frustrating to me, I'm not giving it a good review and I'm not recommending it based on the fact that if you were buying this for someone else, they'd be very frustrated with this. And, and look, if that's your opinion... So the other thing that I, I, I think is often off with a lot of these reviewers is I don't know why, okay, somebody reviews something and you disagree with their review. Like, it's a review and it's still an opinion. You can't phrase that, like, I like to use hyperbolic language because it's fun and it gets attention, whatever. There's a difference between saying something that is a complete fact and a thing that is opinion. You could say, it's a fact, but this game has a lot of bugs in it. And so my opinion is that it's not worth playing. The flip side of that might be, it's a fact that this game has a lot of bugs, but my opinion is that it's still worth playing because the story is so great. You can have those two differences of opinion. Neither one is inherently wrong. And that's the other thing that drives me nuts about Twitter and reviews and the fights and social media and spaces and these things where multiple people get in a chat video or whatever it is and start screaming each other back and forth because it becomes a fight on you're wrong, you're wrong, wrong. And you're just kind of like, look, it's the thing back to this room. Like take a couple puffs on your cigar and like digest a little bit. Okay. Alchemical has nailed this precisely. Cracked versions of the game can easily be glitchy due to their nature. Cracking a game to remove the DRM, especially if that DRM is hard-baked into the game, can easily make it buggy enough to just fall apart. Also, what I remember used to happen is on games that were super large or super huge, they would often... Uh, especially if, if, uh, I think this was like back, like when map mapping and stuff was huge. Well, they would take out a lot of the high resolution files because then the download would be smaller because now you're not downloading 30 gig. You're downloading 10, say like, Oh, the graphics in here aren't very good. Whatever. Well, you downloaded one that was hacked to be downloaded. You didn't get the real finished product or you got some sort of leaked alpha that got put together and cobbled together with duct tape and popsicle sticks. Like, that's not the fucking full version of the game. Oh, and because you got a cracked version, you weren't able to apply any of the patches that they put out post-release. You're literally playing version 1 with all the rest of its issues, which, look, I'm not going to go into the whole post-release patch thing, 
but like people reviewing stuff and talking about factual reviews based on editions of a game that are fucking hacked or cracked. No, you can't do that. That's not fair. You can't do that. That's not fair to the people that made the product. And that's not fair to your audience that trusts your opinion. And if you're going to do that, you better put it in your review. I'm reviewing this game based on one that I hacked and stole. And they're not going to say that. Why? Because it makes you look like a dirtbag. Because if you're paying for these things and you're going to do a review, right, look, man, I get it. It's money. Shit's expensive. But, like, you can't, you can't, you couldn't say, well, I stole this hand, I stole, ran in the back of a food restaurant and I stole some of the food and I ran home and I cooked it at home. Man, the food sucks. Yeah, but you didn't, that's, that's a, that's a little of an off parallel, but I think you mostly get my, my point on that, right? Like, Oh, a little tribalistic? Alchemical says people tend to get a little tribalistic about their opinions. It's not a little bit tribalistic. It is flat-out, bloodthirsty, maniacal, zealotous, ideological, breakdown, frothing-at-the-mouth, incomprehensible rage over these fucking opinions and platforms. Multiverse show, I'm sure, could tell you the... P, the PlayStation versus Xbox community is so toxic. I'm surprised it actually it actually hasn't spawned a physical monster rampaging through the streets. It's that bad, and that's not an exaggeration. It is dog shit. <laughs> no chill, no chill at all. Podcast, folks. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So, um, Alchemical says, people are fragile about their purchases and feel they have to justify them in choices rather than just chilling with it. I Look, I agree with that. That makes sense to me. Now, on... The anonymity part in the gamer tag showing part and whatever, okay? Here was just a thought that I had when when Ivan first brought it up. If there was a way, and I don't know how you could necessarily make this be a thing, other than possibly sharing some sort of achievement or I don't know what, but if you go to Amazon, for example, and you look at reviews and you look at reviews listed under any item, let's just say it's a toaster oven, some of those reviews come back and they have a badge that says this was a verified purchase. So at least you know that somebody bought the thing, that they're not just on their review trolling. Same thing if it's a book or a music album. Hey, this is a verified purchase. It's actually it was purchased under their account. Now granted... Amazon allows you, I think, to hide your profile so that you can at least show, I think, your initials, but at least get the badge that if you're reviewing the thing, you did, in fact, buy it. But let's take that back to a game or a book. Okay, let's just say McGillicuddy Jones writes a book, and I hate McGillicuddy Jones, 
So I go and I buy his book, but I don't read it. But then I post a scathing review about how it's a piece of shit and I give it one star. Don't you sort of end up with a little bit of the same problem? How do you necessarily know that just because the person bought it, they didn't just throw the box in the corner or give it to somebody else or resell it on eBay or whatever with no real intention of either reading it or using it. And they just did that because, back to all chemicals thing, they're either fragile about a platform or a purchase or they simply either have nothing else better to do or they are so spiteful that they just can't help themselves. Right? Because you have to know people do that. I've known people that have done that. Monkey nips. Stopping in with a hey lad. And a thermite with a hoy. I mean some people just be bad. That's true. And I think part of what maybe the multiverse show was talking about. Especially in the cases of reviews. Or articles about games. How do you know, again, like, how do you give some cogency to those arguments around, no, I played it, and I played through it, and this review is based on me playing the game front to back. Maybe it's not sharing your gamer tag so much, as it would be great if there was some way to authenticate the fact that if you're reviewing a game, that you played it, and you finished it. Because I don't trust anyone anymore, and that might sound like I'm some nutball conspiracy whatever theorist, but let's be honest. A whole lot of stuff that's out there, especially on the internet, it's a lot of liars, there's a lot of grifters, there's a lot of griefers, there's a lot of trolls, there's a lot of people who like to write opinion pieces, who have opinions on things based on opinions they heard, based on opinions they... Like, that's like a fifth person removed thing that they heard, and now they're reviewing it. And you go, but you didn't even consume the actual content. Now, you know, you know, you know a guy who used to do that for the newspaper? Fucking Mitch Album. This is a, what, millionaire guy who's made a fortune, who wrote these books, Tuesdays with Maury, about him with some cancer survivor guy, cancer patient. And I think there's even questions about whether that was actually true. He wrote an article about, I think, a basketball game, about his experience at some basketball game, and somebody found out and tracked down that he wasn't actually there. They proved it. They proved it because he had some check-in at some other event. The guy wasn't even there and wrote this narrative story-style thing because that's the other part of the reporting now. It isn't like this. Hello, this is Cigar Goyle here to talk to you about the game Beige Box. Beige Box was built by Box Software. It was released this year on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox. I'll be reviewing the Xbox version of this game. The graphics in this game are fairly beige because it's about a beige box, but they accurately depict the beige box. And thus, I feel like the artistic choice that they used for the beige box was quality. The sound, on the other hand, could have used a lot of work. I don't think that they accurately captured the sound of the beige box, and it feels flat and does not utilize any of the modern audio codecs. I was unable to test multiplayer at the time, 
because I was granted an early preview release version of this game that did not currently have multi-box play. Outside of that, I thought the story was compelling and well-written, that the voice actors voicing the boxes did a great job, and thus I rate this game 4 out of 5 stars. Please note that I have no experience with the PlayStation or PS versions of this game. I have heard rumors online that they may be buggy, and so I would recommend that if you are purchasing this game on one of those other platforms, you seek out a review dedicated to those versions of this title before you make your purchase. Thank you. No, most of them are like, Back in 72, I remember my first beige box. And sometimes, when I think back to my first beige and they write this 60-page story like they're some sort of fucking grand novelist, right? Because the review would probably be two paragraphs, and the rest of it's a bunch of fluff horseshit, or... Like, like it, I, I hate that trend. And it's more now like you read them, and, it, and it's not a review. It's not a technical review or technical piece, or just dissecting it and presenting it to think. All of them have to be these, like, narrative pieces. With, like, a story! And a... With, with a big wow and a holy shit. Like, yeah. The same amount of fluff as fucking cooking recipes. Like, dude, you, it's like, and, and look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that now you there's a million reviews and you're trying to get your advertiser and click dollars. Thanks, Google. But fucking, have I played the 2D prequel, Unpainted Square? Unpainted Square is a misogynistic, homophobic, waterphobic, trans-dimensional, backwards thing that culturally appropriated geometry. And so I give it one star. But see, I didn't actually, I didn't actually answer your question. I didn't actually say really whether I played it or not. I finished it. How the fuck can I say that with a straight face? Because I've done acting. <laughs> I, I also rubbed hot chili pepper directly into my eyeball and laughed as I ran out of the room. Because that's the kind of man I am. <laughs> I remember when Grandpa played Beige Box. Now, I'm a Grandpa and what do I play here in the assisted living facility in my diet diapers? Beige Box. I love Beige Box. It's a Cobra Bites. Everybody, say hello to Cobra. Cobra, thank you so much for stopping in. How are you doing this evening? We are talking about a little bit of a problem with gaming communities and reviews and opinion pieces and console fanboy wars and all that stuff in the fact that a lot of the people that come new on the scene don't really show or share a whole lot of their credentials and make a lot of opinionated and or review level comments on a game. Even though you have no idea that they actually played it. And in some cases you can tell they didn't. But you can't really prove they didn't. And you also can't really prove that they did. So part of that just gets back to. How do you add some veracity to the various sites or people that are doing these reviews? So... I think a little bit of the 
Amazon idea of the verified purchaser thing is cool, but if you don't have some central review without sharing your account, how do you know? And then again, one guy started talking about, I don't owe anyone anyone. I'm like, it's not about owing. It's not about owing someone something. It's about, do you want to present yourself as being an authority or are you just a shock jock? If you're just a shock jock, that's fine. People have made their careers out of being shock jocks. People have made their careers out of being comedians and all sorts of other stuff. But if you're going to present yourself as some sort of higher review authority, well, then perhaps you ought to show some credentials. Again, I'm open to other people's thoughts on that. And what I was really hoping for was a little bit of a slower, more introspective conversation on that in the space. But as I feared would happen, it just kind of degenerated into shouting and yelling because that's what everybody does now. <laughs> IGN reviews are out of control. Double Dragon Neon and other solid games getting 4 out of 10. Total bullshit. I feel like a lot of that dash V is like my Terry Lawson comment about the guy who gave The Matrix 1.5 out of like 5 stars. Because he hates science fiction movies and he hates fantasy movies and he hates action movies. So you're like, then why did you review this? And then later on, he recants his review and gives it four stars out of five because everybody yelled at him and said, you sure you actually watched this? As a matter of fact, I actually think he didn't watch it and he got caught and then went back and revised his review. Well, I, I watched it a second time and I really paid attention. Now I understood the nuance. Fuck you, man. You didn't even watch it. You watched the first 10 minutes, decided you didn't like it, and then wrote a hit piece. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking uh, the White Walker the Johnny Walker Special Game of Thrones edition. The bottle is now thawing, so the winter is here, writing on the side is slowly fading away. Uh, but that's what we're drinking tonight. This is a blended scotch whiskey. Uh, I talked about sort of where I got this from and why I just decided to drink it on yesterday's episode. So if you're interested in the longer story of that, I'd recommend you check that out. You just bought this? It's good stuff. It's a good, it's a good spirit. Have you tried it yet, Monkey Nips? For the for the dollar, it's really solid. It's a very good drink. Um, yeah, it's I I I typically finish a bottle before I move on. I have a feeling uh, between tonight and tomorrow, this bottle will probably be done, which is good because next week I'm gonna have to buy some special stuff from Arizona because next week we'll be doing Arizona editions. Did you drink it cold or warm? It's it's sweeter warm. If you put it in the freezer and you freeze it, it loses a little bit of the sweetness. Try it. Put the bottle in the freezer. Number one, you get to see the bottle transform. You get to see the neat stuff they did on the label come out. But it does change the flavor of this a fair amount. That's what happened with the Double Dragon Neon reviewer. He hated beat-em-ups. And so then you just go, then why did you really review this? Or if you reviewed it, could you not just set that aside and purely just review it on its constituent opponent or components? But I feel like they can't. And the reason why they can't is because their reviews are always narrative reviews. They're based on their love of the thing and not an objective deconstruction of the thing. And I get that you possibly can't be 100% objective, which is a thing that I got into an argument with Tony about once. 
but you can you can waver on either side, right? You could say, I'm going to review the purple box. And I'm going to say right up front, I love purple and I love boxes. So right up front, I was totally pumped for purple box. And again, despite what I think might be some flaws, if you're a per person who loves purple boxes, you're going to have a blast and you'll love it. But just be honest. Be honest about the pieces of it that are opinion slash feel slash narrative based and just be straight about it. And I don't know why they can't just do that. If you love PlayStation and you think Xbox is just a piece of shit, then fine. When you write a review, don't present it like it's an object. Like, okay, if you if it's slanted, that's fine. Maybe the other people, like... A Spider-Man game. All I got love Spider-Man. And as long as it does Spider-Man right, eh, there's some problems with the game, but it made it made me love it because I love Spider-Man. Fine. Fine. Right? Like. And so anyway, uh, multiverse. I'm I'm curious to know if you have any afterthoughts on this. Um, I hope I have given uh your initial query. Your, the initial point that you brought up, I, I hope I got my arms around it correctly. Uh, that's my view of the gaming reviews and the console fanboys and a lot of that stuff. I think some way to have some sort of... I hate the phrase credentials because that sounds so pretentious and what, but... It would be nice if there was some way to get a gauge on how much and where and did they play it, or are they just purely speaking on opinion and what they heard. Cobra Bites says, BRB, in a game. That's all right. You go get them. Cobra is more than likely playing Hunt. She's kick-ass in Hunt. Uh, if you want to play Hunt Showdown and you play that on PC, you might want to drop her a line. I'm sure she would appreciate some great partners in killing. Um, reviews will be flawed, Thermite says, because if you don't like the thing you're reviewing, you won't go into great depths with it and miss its beauty. Or if you love the thing you're reviewing, you either gloss over the issues or just fixate on the smallest things that were annoying for you. Before I get back into the chat, this is I love that you've said this and that you've brought this up. <clears throat> I agree with you, but... What makes a spectacular reviewer is the ability to step outside of something that you don't necessarily like and still review its constituent parts with some modicum of accuracy or at least just tell it straight. Right? That's where like the good reviewers and the really good sites and the people that really used to write that stuff, I feel like have gotten lost and there's less and less of them now. Right? Because look, you know, if you're a professional reviewer, if you're a professional food taster, right? I mean, at some point you're probably going to eat stuff that maybe isn't your favorite, but you should be able to still judge that with some level of, I don't even know what the word for it is. Cause people feel like people might jump on objective, uh, objectivity, but you know, like if it's revolting to you, cause you just can't stomach it. That's one thing. But again, then just say it. I just can't eat it. I don't like it or whatever. Right. 
But outside of that, even with a, with with some sort of dislike, or even if it's just not your main thing, look, maybe you're like, I don't play a lot of first-person shooters because I don't find them generally to be the most entertaining. But here's my review of the new first-person shooter. Well, the controls good? Was the sound mixed well? Were the graphics attractive? Was the game buggy? Did it run smooth? But come on. You know? Like, you can still do that stuff. Break it down into pieces. People used to be able to do that. And I feel like that's just gotten lost. Because, again, everything now is a ultra-fiery, I love it or hate it. Again, this narrative opinion sort of thing in it. That drives me a little bit crazy. Because, like, come on. Monkey Nips has a disdain for anything but neat scotch. Someone put a lot of effort into that taste. I want to drink it as intended. But they, but they intend it, if you read it, if you read the back of the bottle, what it says. Uh, this whiskey is chill-filtered and best served cold, directly from the freezer. Uh, it develops in complexity as it warms to room temperature. So, right? Like, it's, you, you might want to freeze it and try it. So, like, it does change. Because when this was ice cold, the sweetness definitely dropped. There was a little bit more of a smoky nose. And now that it's warming up, the it does get a little bit more of the sweetness back. And it's kind of a, a more complex taste. But it, I mean, it is a quality spirit. They they didn't fuck around with this. This is not barrel trash. This is not a well drink. It, they did a nice job with this with this blend. Monkey Nip says, "I love how much I hate the point you're making." Boom, love and hate. Dash V says, "Like for a game, are the controls tight or loose? If it's story driven, is the story compelling? The graphics." Do they simply get the job done? Do they co do they complement the overall package? Level design. Does it flow? Or is it a grind? Exactly. See, Thermite, I feel like you should, though. I feel like you should take most game reviews, often as that was still a person that reviewed it, and it still is largely an opinion. Now, some of it might be not opinion-based. Let's, for example, talk about audio. What if the what if they say the audio on this was clearly compressed. It doesn't come through very clear. I tried it on a multitude of platforms. The sound is very tinny, and it's not bass mixed very well. Again, that is something that you could say is kind of a fact. Now, somebody else might say, yeah, but despite that fact, it's a horror game, and so the scratchiness and the screechiness I actually felt added to the atmosphere. Those are two different kind of things. But it's important to make the distinction. It's important to make that distinction, right? <clears throat> and so, Dash, you pointed out a fantastic point point of stuff there. And I feel like that used to be more common. That it used to be that the reviews and the people talking about this stuff took a little more care into breaking it down into individual pieces and talked about those individual pieces. And now I feel like most of it just comes down to, yeah, PlayStation, yeah, I love blah, this is shit trash. And let's not even talk about scores, 
Because the number scores are dog shit and almost mean nothing anymore. Because the problem with that is people will say that a 5 out of 10 game is a piece of shit. But honestly, isn't that, isn't that average? Isn't that like saying that's a medium game? But people don't judge that like that anymore. If a game's not a 6 or a 7, they figure it's absolute crap. If it's a 10, they scream and say, oh, then it's a perfect game. No game can be perfect. So what are you stuck with? The game gets a 7, an 8, or a 9. So now you're basically stuck with 3 points. So now it's a 3 out of a fuck. Like, now it's a 3-point system. Because those sites that pay for that stuff, oh, you don't, you gave this too low of a score? Well, then you're not getting preview titles anymore. Oh, uh, I read this thing and they gave it a 6 out of 10. That must mean it's shit. But it is necessarily when you look at the people who are fighting and arguing about this stuff. The prevailing feel for most people as consumers has switched to basically if you're below a seven, it rapidly falls off into, well, then this must be a piece of crap. Look at stuff that gets, and I know I do this myself. I look for a product on Amazon. What does Amazon use? A five, five point system, five star system with half points. Stuff that even is rated as three stars. I'm dubious about. Oh, three stars. Yeesh. Well, yeah, what happens? A lot of the reviews are one star. I hate this. It's the worst thing I've ever seen ever in my life. A lot of the other ones are fives. It's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. So basically, it's thumbs up, thumbs down. It, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess, and there's no unity, and it's all over the map. Honestly, the reviews reading are steam because they usually are just memes or stuff for shits and giggles. See, but again, but then, like, what if you're a parent and you're trying to go, look, I can buy, I can afford one game for my child, and I know he wants these three games, and I'm not really a game player, so I need to figure out which one should I get for him. So I'm going to go read some reviews. Is that what you're stuck with, memes and giggles? That kind of sucks. Something you really didn't like but thought you would love. Mario Maker. Spent a lot of time studying level design, building your levels carefully and thoughtfully, Dash says. I tried to make real levels of equal quality what Nintendo have put into OG Super Mario Bros. 3. After a month, I got delisted in favor of levels getting five-star user reviews that have a single coin block and a flagpole. So what this all just illustrates is a little... But that's I'm not saying basic reviews. I'm talking about you used to be able to go to, I don't know, Nintendo Power, Game Informer, Electronic Gaming Monthly, and then have very fairly comprehensive reviews. They talk about things like, does it have child-appropriate content? Are the controls stable? Is it easy to learn? Is the difficulty curve smooth? Are the graphics entertaining? What is the replayability like? And they used to be able to do that with some level of professional accuracy. I grew up reading that stuff. I used, I used before there was the internet, or even when the internet was in its infancy, and you used to read that stuff, you had money for one fucking game. There was no Steam bundle sale where they were $1.99 a piece. They were $60 a piece, so you get one. How are you going to decide which one to pick? Just look at the fucking box? You want to know how many times you got burned off of shit on the fucking box? E.T. 
You'd say on a 1 to 10 scale, everything starts as a 5 and either goes up or down. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, in if you're at a 5, people are going to go, wow, that must be terrible. But it's 5. It's half. It's not that bad. Not utilizing the full scale of review scales kind of led to a blah playing field of things being praised until it's unusually unplayable or whatever. Yeah, because everybody wants the free titles. <coughs> you make Bethesda mad, Bethesda says, no more review titles for you. Well, now you got to buy all these. And they don't have the money to buy all those. So now what do you do? Well, you better make sure they like you. Because if they you post reviews they don't like, your shit gets pulled. And I will say that used to be at least the good thing even though I didn't really like them. It's really like Roger Ebert and whatever, movie reviews, right? They got to preview and see all those because there was no studio that was going to necessarily say no to them because they worked in a major publication that would get the rights to review them and watch them anyhow. Everyone thinks they're a reviewer because of the shop and online user comments and star-based systems, so everyone with an opinion now thinks that they're a reviewer. See, and that's the thing. I'm not talking about a quick blurb that just some... In, in Thermite, you're, al you're almost, this is what we're talking about, though. How do you differentiate the reviews for somebody who, that's their first review, and that's the first video game they've ever played, versus somebody who really, truly is, quote, unquote, an expert or a professional? And the people that are in these console wars and screaming back and forth online, this game is terrible and I hated it and Sony sucks. And they're like, yeah, but you didn't actually play that game. So how do you how do you judge and base that on anything? I get it. You don't. But how do you? That was part of the thing that Ivan was trying to discuss. Right? They they are and they aren't. That's not true. If I'm playing a first-person shooter game and the controls are slow and sluggish and unresponsive... That is not quality in terms of that being a, a game to be played, right? I want to know. I want to know that the controls are sluggish and unresponsive and sloppy. If somebody likes slow and unresponsive and sloppy controls, I guess that's great. But if you're playing a game that's supposed to be a competitive online shooter, that th that is not good. It's like that's objectively not going to be fun to play. Read through a lot of reviews, thinking you're picking up just to make sure you get a general feel for what the product might be like. So it, this is not an easy thing to to solve, and, and it's not. I don't have an answer. Uh, the the fixating on a thing again, it comes back. You're you're. I mean, in, in a certain point, you're stating things I talked about at the beginning of this episode. People bringing up narrative stuff, for example. Oh, they, they said this word, and so this game is a misogynistic, terrible hate speech thing. Like, But the context of where it happened, it's actually not. Let's even step outside games. Let's talk about things, for example, Dave Chappelle. People have posted all sorts of stuff about, oh, what he said, and who he is, and what he is. And you go, but did you watch the whole thing? And it's clear that a lot of the people that are talking about it haven't watched it at all. The only thing that they have done is read a review of somebody who didn't like it. And who knows even if that person even watched it. And now you have like nine levels of that removed. Or a book. Or a scotch. Or a 
fucking spoon or any of the rest of this stuff. It isn't just games. I think in a certain sense, Dash V, or I think that was Dash V, who pointed this out? I love this. Everyone thinks they're a reviewer because of the shop and online user comments and star-based systems. Social media now, everyone's a reviewer. Everyone is a critic. Because you have that little box that allows you to type your comment and you can click on a star. And I don't necessarily think, in a lot of sense, that has led to much of a, of a, of a quality shopping experience or... I guess maybe just shopping. I don't want to say consumption, because that sounds weird. Uh, Dash V says, I think another issue unique to games now, the change after release. For the most part, a movie is a movie. I mean, they're extended editions, but games can change. So what does a day one review of something like Cyberpunk mean three months and a dozen patches later? I always thought what would have been cool is a is some sort of website that reviews the game's release day, that does a review several days or weeks later, let's just say you go, they review it on release day and the first 24 hours that they've played it. Then it's 14 days later. Now, how do you still feel about it? Maybe a month later. And then three months later, do the scores change? Do they fluctuate? Is it still buggy? Did they tighten up the controls? I remember one time they had a thing where they're like, oh yeah, there was a glitch in the there's a glitch in the recoil algorithm, and that's why the fucking guns and everything feel all fucked up. You're like, dude, but it's primarily a shooting game. It's terrible. See, and I like that, Thermite. The, the people that do that stuff on YouTube, and I feel like that's great. And I feel like that would be great if there was more of that in, I don't know, some of, the, some of just the written publications. Whether that's IGN or GameSpot or I don't know what. Because I also got to be honest. I watched a YouTube video. You want to know what the YouTube videos are like? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cigar Goyle Review Channel. So, today, maybe you've heard of it. There's a new game on the block. And the new game on the block that we're going to be reviewing today is Beige Box. So, if you're looking for uh, my thoughts on Beige Box, stick around. But first, what I'd love you to do is if you can support the channel, go ahead and mash that subscribe button and turn on those bell notifications. That's the best way to get all... So the guy talks for like 20 fucking minutes before he actually gets to the fucking thing. Ah! Like, oh my god. Like, half of the time now I play shit on YouTube, I played it almost two speed. I watched a video the other day about a guy on how to, uh, what was he fucking doing? There's some mechanical thing. And, I, and I'm like, this is a 10 minute video. And I played it at double speed. It's literally like 60 seconds of the actual thing that he needs to finish. Yeah, and I know it's because the algorithms and everything else. But that's why this stuff sucks. Fucking hate it, man. <laughs> Alchemical, commenting to Dash, says that creates a huge issue unless the review specifically puts down qualifiers of what version and what hardware it was run on. And I think they should. I think they absolutely should. That goes back to the cracked argument. If you played this on a cracked, stolen version of it, then I don't really want to read your review. I don't.
Monkey Nips says, I like a trend in the PC hardware industry where reviewers have been revisiting older GPUs, CPUs, etc., and comparing day one performance to current drivers. I remember three... I'm going to go off on a little bit of a... This isn't a rant, but... Oh, God, a review that's one to two hours long? I'm lucky, I'm lucky if sometimes I have one to two hours to play the games. I can't, I'm not going to read it. A two-hour review? I'll just go watch a movie. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I... So, I'm going to, uh, I want to just, uh, uh, give one more parting thing because you sparked at my brain, and then I'm going to call this episode quits. 3D effects. I remember way back in the day, they had the old-school graphics cards. You want to talk about differences in drivers. It, you guys, maybe the the younger folks that are listening to this, you have no idea what that used to be like. Every now and then, drivers would get released for these games, and it was literally like night and day difference. Oh, my God. I mean, mind-blowing difference, but that's like, you went from a patch where there was like no shadows whatsoever to, holy shit, then you update this 3D effects driver and there's shadows from stuff and not like pixel, and you were like, oh, I mean, and it, it, it was insane. And a lot of that stuff would get reviewed in the original version and then you'd be like dude but like have you seen the 3d effects drivers and again back when there was more of a spread on that technology playing it on one video card versus another was a night and day fucking difference and sometimes you wouldn't get that information you didn't know but i man it, this is a huge argument a huge debate <clears throat> and this is why uh, I think initially Ivan, when he was talking about it on Twitter, moved to a space, because as it usually does, it got turned into quote tweeting and screaming and yelling and people talking tough and generally just going off the rails. So I wanted to take the time to make a space where people could talk, talk about it. And I feel like it probably just degenerated into a little bit more of the same, just in a longer form. So I think it would be great if there was a way for the gaming community or the gaming review community at large to somehow bring a little bit of a modicum of chill and quality back to some of the stuff uh, rather than what seems to be, again, opinion narrative pieces and things that are just throwing rocks at quote-unquote the other side. So... That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Otherwise, I feel like I feel like I've stirred up the hornet's nest. We got Thermite who's just going nuts, and Alchemical and that major gamers. We got some major gamers here. Bill's largely stayed quiet because he's probably busy killing everybody in Cyberpunk. <laughs> I feel like I may have lost Black Cat and Cat and so on because I don't think they're very much gamers. Um, so. Uh, Thank you very much, Multiverse Show, for stopping in and dropping the follow. I hope you come back sometime. Um, it was great to hear your thoughts on that. I hope I did your topic some justice. Um, so, 
Here's a cheers to all of you out there. Let's finish our drinks. This is good stuff. This is a good spirit. I'm not going to lie. I really like it. Um, some parting comments. Thermite has nothing to do with playing RuneScape. <clears throat> Aren't you playing RuneScape? <laughs> Dash V, I remember thinking that will never take off. Really underestimated what folks would put up with to save money. 3D effects was pure brute force graphics. It kind of was. Quake. The first time you saw Quake on a 3D effects card. At first I was like, what's the big deal? And then the first time you see it, it's... <gasps> a chemical tries to be rational, not wise to get heated about it, but can agree some accreditation would be good for reviewers to re lend some legitimacy to them having played, watched, read things in the review. That's all it is. I don't know how you solve that problem. I really don't. But I think it's interesting to think about, and I think it's worthwhile having a discussion around. So that's going to do it for today. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed that episode. Remember, if you're going to salt your beer, don't salt your beer too much. And as always, stay safe, keep the faith, and all of that good shit, and we will see you again tomorrow.